Good morning, online church. Good morning, everyone. Um, I wanted to share a message that I really feel like God's put on our hearts, um, on my heart this morning. Um, I mean, you know, God is good and He has amazing plans for us, but sadly, we have an enemy. We have an enemy, and what that enemy tries to do is to bring things in our life that can take us away from the plans that God has for us. Um, over the last couple of weeks, I don't know, just every time I go to social media, um, I'm seeing different pastors, different worship leaders, different churches, all coming onto the headlines for the wrong type of reasons. How do you know what I mean? For the wrong type of reasons. You know, people that you kind of look up to, people that have great influence, but sadly because of sin, they've fallen short and, yeah, put a scar. Um, you know, sin doesn't just impact you, but impacts everyone around you. Sin is horrible. And Satan loves to use that even in the church. Um, let, me, let me just read from James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. And this is what it says. Temptation comes from my own desires. That's where temptation comes. It's our own desires which entices us and drags us away. Verse 15, this desires gives birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to what? It gives birth to, it does, doesn't it? So temptation comes from my own desires. And then when we give way to that, it leads to sin. And when we allow it to grow, it gives birth to what? to death just over this last eight months we're in august over this last eight months there are six major incidences in the church that had the, a, a serious shake um in, in worldwide pastors who fell into sin and how many know that doesn't happen overnight this is something that happens gradually is our own desires that leads us into sin. That's why I really feel like God wants to do something here this morning. I really feel like we really need to examine ourselves. We really, really need to examine ourselves. Because God's got amazing plans for us. But Satan also has plans, right? And he wants to creep in. He wants to creep in. So what we want to do is let's just pray and I want to share a message that God's put on my heart. And yeah, Father, we want to thank you this morning. You're doing something amazing this morning. You want to restore our relationship with you. Father, you're a good, good father who cares about every single one of us. Sin is horrible and sin brings that separation. It not only destroys us, but also destroys people around us. 
It brings a bad reputation for your church. It brings a bad reputation for, for everything, Lord. But Father, we thank you that you, we have victory in you. So Father, we want to examine, we want to pray that you examine our hearts right now. Holy Spirit, reveal anything in our lives as we hear what you have to say in your word. Father, I want to pray that you speak to us and you reveal things to us in, in our lives small or big, that we need to change so we can put boundaries in place where we don't fall into the trap of the enemy. Father, we pray that you use this time in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Now, the title of my message this morning is, What's Creeping What's Creeping you see, we need to be very, 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 very careful. You know, as a, as, a, as a church, sometimes, you know, as Christians, we can be very judgmental. Can we not, right? We can be really judgmental. We can always point outside, look at them, look at them, look at what they are doing. But sometimes, some stuff happens in the church that is even worse than what's happened outside. We need to be honest. There are things that happens in the church that should never be happening. And I think um, we, need to, we need to really examine ourselves. There are a lot of people who live a double um, lifestyle, right? Um, you remember those old times where you get those timesheets? You come and you clock in, you clock out when you finish work. I feel like there are a lot of Christians who... On Sunday, they just come in, they're clocking, they do their bit on the Sunday, and then when they leave, they clock out, and they go back to their own ways of living, um, which is completely against the Word of God. And we need to be very, very careful. Let me just read from Matthew chapter 7, verse 4 to 6. It says, How can you think of saying to your friend... Let me help you get rid of this, that speck in your eye when you can see past the log in your own eye. Hypocrites, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck, the speck in your friend's eyes. We need to be very careful. We, we should stop actually... Um, pointing out others, and we should really examine ourselves. Examine ourselves. Stop looking around and say, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. Just pray for them. But focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. Last week, um, I shared a message <laughs> how Jerusalem was in danger King Hezekiah prayed, and you remember how God sent one angel, and that one angel killed 185,000 uh, enemy soldiers. And I really believe one word, one scripture, one worship song can change everything. But the same is true that one sin, doesn't matter how small it is, that one sin can destroy your entire life. Everything that God wants you to achieve, that one sin can destroy it. 
You see, sometimes we, we think the different grades of sin. Sometimes we say there are big, you know, big sin, small sin. You know what? There's no evidence in the Bible that there are different grades of sin. Sin is sin. Doesn't matter what sin it is. We like to compare ourselves. At least I'm not like that. You know what? Sin is sin. In God's eyes, sin is sin. So we need to be very careful how we uh, live our lives. Let me just uh, share a, a, a message uh, that uh, Charles Spurgeon sh uh, shared a message in his, one of his titles, sermons titled, Little Sins. And this is what he said. Little sins are more dangerous than big sins because they multiply easier. Little sins are more dangerous. Why? Because they multiply much easier. We need to be very, very careful with those even little sins in our life. Those small things. I remember when we uh, bought our house in Northern Den. The house was amazing. Needed a lot of work. But I remember this ivy on the side of the wall. It was full of ivy. And we thought it would be easy. You just cut them. You take them off. We couldn't. We had to pay professional to come and deal with the ivy. And um, they dealt with it. You know what that ivy was doing to the wall? Was damaging the structure. Spread so quick and just damages everything. And that's what sin does in our lives. It spreads quick and starts damaging things in our life. You see, I want to tell you something this morning. Satan has no control over Christians whatsoever. As long as you stay away from his territory. As long as you stay away from his territory. What is his territory? Sin. The minute you open the door, you know, uh, to sin. Small sin, big sin, doesn't matter. That's when you allow Satan into your life. That's when things go really haywire. And we need to be very, very careful on how um, we deal with sin. In James 1, 14 to 15, we know, we know what sin is, right? And it tells us how sin, what is sin and how it gives birth. Let me just read it again. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entices us and drags us away. This desire gives birth to sin, sinful action. And when sin is allowed to grow... It gives birth to death. You see, temptation comes from our own desires. We need to examine our lives. You see, when we allow temptation to lead to sin, then you actually start sinning. Then you end up doing it again and again. And then what happens? It gives birth to death. What is death? Marriages that are broken. You know, it doesn't just impact your, 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 your marriage. It impacts your children. It impacts everyone around you. In the church, we've seen pastors who have fallen because of sin. Not only uh, have they fallen, but they also um, a lot of people who, are, who don't have a strong foundation. What happens? They look up to the pastor, right? And because they don't have a foundation, strong foundation, they think, well, this Christianity, I don't know, man. Look at them. They, they can't even get it right, so what am I doing here? A lot of people fall away because of, um, you know, not having a strong foundation. So 
what the enemy does is it, it creeps in nice and smooth and slowly and starts working in the life of Christians and damaging uh, Christians. So how do we choke out temptation? How do we choke out temptation? Because temptation is a problem, isn't it? Temptation is what leads to sin. So how do we deal with that? I love what James, James gives us a great, great, um, um, tells us how we can do that. But before I do that, I just wanted to share something. You see, we want to be a place of refuge and restoration, right? We want to be a place of refuge and restoration. So we want this to be a safe place where people can come and feel safe. But we don't want them to just be safe and just stay the same we want them to be restored we want them to be changed and 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 that's how your relationship grows with God so um let me just go to uh James chapter 4 verse 7 to 8 and I want to pick out five things that we can do that we can choke out um temptations in our lives so in James chapter 4 verse 7 to 8 it says so humble yourself before God Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So if you're taking notes, number one, humble yourself. We have to humble ourselves. We really, really need to humble ourselves. Not defend your actions. Don't defend your, oh, oh, I'm okay because I'm going through this. It's fine. It's not fine. Humble yourself. You see, temptation is what leads to sin. Don't make excuses. You want to deal with the issue straight away. The minute the temptation comes, you want to deal with it. Don't fuel it. <laughs> Don't do things that can lead you to sin. The minute the temptation comes, you need to put out the fire. And then the second thing you want to do is actively resist it. You see, in James chapter 4 verse 7 says, So humble yourself. So you really need to humble yourself before God. And then you need to resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we resist the devil? We need to put boundaries. We need to put boundaries, church. I don't know what your struggles are, what, what your temptations are. If it's, if it's drinking, you know when you go shopping, what you want to do is uh, avoid that aisle, you know, where all the drinks are. You want to you avoid that aisle, right? You want to walk away from that. Especially at home. You know, make sure you don't have any, any, anything lying around. So when, when, you, when you're in that place where you're upset or something's bothering you, where you lead to that place of the bottle and the bottle leads to other things and other things and other things. We need to be very, very careful. I don't know, it could be, it could be, it could be anything. It could be, um, you know, whatever you're struggling with, you need to put boundaries I don't know. It could, it could be even uh, fornication. That's, that's something that's uh, really big right now in church. How do we deal with it? You call your phone company. 
You say, you know what? I want you to put a boundary on my phone. I don't, I don't want any wrongful sites. Make sure you block everything at home. You can even call your um, broadband company and just tell them to put a boundary on those things. You want to protect yourself. You want to make sure that temptation, Satan can come anywhere near you. We want to put boundaries. We want to resist the devil. We want to resist, actively resist. We first, we need to humble ourselves. We need to humble ourselves and then resist. And then it says in verse 8, Come close to God and God will come close to you. You see, temptation leads to one thing. When you come close to God, God will lead you to other things. God is saying, just come close to me. Just come close to me. Humble yourself. Resist temptation. Resist the devil. Come to me. And I promise you, I'll come close to you. I promise you. You know, you, you think, you, you think the, the bottle can bring satisfaction. I promise you, it doesn't. Come close to me. I will come close to you. Whatever your pain is, whatever your struggle is, whatever issue that you're facing, I promise you, I will come close to you if you come close to me. You see, God, is, God will never force us. He wants us to humble ourselves first. Then He wants us to actively resist temptation. And then He wants us to come close to Him. Draw close to Him. And as we do that, He will draw close to us. He will not leave us hanging there. You know, how many know the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? It's when you come close to God that He will come close to you. And He wants to come close to you, church. He wants to help you. Whatever your struggle is, He wants to help you. But He wants you to come to Him. And then in verse 8 to 10, it says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up in honor. So what do we want to do? We want to Humble ourselves, actively resist temptation, right? Draw near to God, and then what we wanted to do is grieve your sin. What do, what, do, what do I mean with grieve your sin? This is what true repentance is. When you deeply, deeply sorry for what you have done, where there's crying, where there's where there's, there is there's, there's real, real sense of, I'm sorry, God, I messed up. You see, there are two different types of sorrow. You have the godly sorrow, which is a true repentance. And then you have the worldly sorrow, which is like, oh, I'm sorry I got caught. I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. I just, I'm just sorry that you noticed it, you know, me in, in, in the action. But I'm not really sorry. You want to continue on 
right? That's the worldly sorrow, but then there's the godly sorrow. God is saying actively, you know, just, just grieve about what you have done. Be sorry for what you have done. Be sorry for what you have done. Verse 9, let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. James says, there has to be tears for what you have done. Not when you're sorry for what you have done because you've been caught. When you're really deeply sorry. When you say, Lord, I'm going to humble myself. Seek me. Seek what's in my life. Seek everything in my life. Right? And I want to put actively resist temptation. I want to put boundaries where Satan can't even come close to me. And then I want to draw close to you because I know when I draw close to you, you draw near to me. And then I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be honestly sorry, God. I, I'm, I don't want to do it again. And then he finishes off with this. In verse 10, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Number five, you're going to humble yourself again. You humble yourself before and you humble yourself after. Because it's through humility that, uh, uh, that takes us to that place of true repentance. Is the humility. Is that place of like, you know, being humble. So you're going to overcome temptation. You have to uh, follow these five things. I really feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just tired of hearing what's going on all across the, the world in the, in the church. And we, we don't want to be a place where um, we will be end up, you know, in the headlines somewhere. You know, we want to put boundaries everywhere. This is, this is what uh, I was just, uh, I don't know, who's read uh, the book uh, by C.S. Lewis, The Screwtapes Letter? It's, it's, it's an amazing book. I highly recommend it. And this is, this is what he said in his book. Um, let me just give you a bit of a um, background. Basically, there's an older demon who is kind of training a younger demon. He's like a mentor. And he tells him this. Indeed, the fastest road to hell is a gradual one. The gentle slope. Soft underfoot. Without sudden turnings, without milestones, without signposts. You see, Satan much prefers you coming to church and just living this double life. I promise you. <laughs> that's, that's, for, for Satan, he doesn't, he doesn't mind you coming to church. As long as you don't have this true relationship with God. The minute you start getting serious about your faith, that's when it becomes an issue. But as long as you live this double life, you can come to church as much as you want. If you have sin in your life, then you have your doors open to Satan. You can look at Satan in this way. Satan is like this Rottweiler, right? On the lead. <laughs> he's barking and barking and barking and barking. But he's, he's on the lead. He can't come and get you, right? But the minute, the minute you go into his territory, remember what is his territory? 
sin. The minute you go into his territory, you have opened the door to your life for him to come in and start tearing away all the great plans that God has for your life. We need to be very, very careful. We need to be very, very careful. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, it says this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And this is what the Bible says. This is the results of sin. Even in church. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Let me tell you again, as I have before. This is a, this is a warning, by the way. That anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's the reality. If you continue living a double life, the Bible is very clear. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Can I have the worship team back up, please? There's so many, so many talented, gifted people that God wanted to use mightily. That fallen into sin. Great musicians, great musicians with some amazing, amazing giftings. You see, it didn't happen overnight. It's a gradual thing. Slowly and slowly and slowly, Satan can come and creep in and really destroy lives, destroy marriages, destroy everything so I, I just want us to this morning examine ourselves again before God he's here he wants to restore lives he wants to bring restoration in every one of his children so he's saying just humble yourself this morning just humble yourself because when you humble yourself that's when you can see what's going on in your life. Just humble yourself this morning and ask God, God, is there anything in my life that's not right in your sight? Is there anything, any, any sin, small or big? Could be even white lies that I tell all the time. That, 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 that leads to open the door to demons and satans to come in and destroy my life so anything father god in my life that's not pleasing to you father i want to open it up open up myself reveal things in my life and as god is doing that you want, you want to maybe ask God to give you wisdom on how you can set boundaries in those areas. He wants to help you. Father, we just want to pray right now. 
for everyone here on, in church or online watching this, Father. We want to pray, Father God. We want to pray right now. Holy Spirit, that you reveal anything in our lives that's not pleasing to you. Because we want to please you, Father. We are weak. But we know we can be strong in you. So we need you. Reveal anything in our lives that's not pleasing. We're humbling ourselves right now. Help us. Father, how can we put actively um, boundaries to resist temptation so it can't lead to sin, so it can't lead to death? Help us right now. Father, we want to draw close to you. We want to draw close to you this morning. We want to draw close to you because when we draw close to you, you will draw near to us. So as we actively resist temptation, we know devil has to flee from us. Father, we want to close any doors. It could be anything. It could be fortune telling. It could be anything, Father God. If there is any doors in our life that we opened up where Satan can creep in, we want to pray right now, Father. You deal with those doors right now. Close those doors in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we want to pray for your hedge of protection over every single person this morning. You want to pray, Father God, for true repentance. True, true repentance. You want to turn around from those things. So, Father, just do what you can do right now. Father, as you're revealing those things in everyone here's life that needs to be changed, Father, I want to pray right now that you just help them, Father God. We're just going to give time for those who still want to respond to that message. Um, if you want to come up for prayer and have somebody stand with you and pray with you, um, that's absolutely fine. This open spaces, or if you just want to go into a little corner by yourself and just bring to God those things that He's, um, the Holy Spirit is revealing now.
Yeah. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God. You're a good, good father. And you want the best for your children. You want the best for your children. We thank you for the wonderful gift of Jesus. Your wonderful son who died. Father, that you have won the victory over sin and death. But we still need you to help us in our weaknesses. So, Father, we just want to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. Help us, Father God. Help your church. Help your church this morning. Yeah, as we pray, and I really feel like I want to give an opportunity as well. Now, you might be here this morning, or you might be watching this online. And, yeah, once, once you were close to God and you, you did everything right, and then temptation came and that led to sin. And I want to tell you. When God created the earth, when he created man and woman, Adam and Eve, everything was perfect until sin, sin came. And sin brought this separation. And like I said, God wants to restore that. And he gave us Jesus. And we have power in the name of Jesus. But the decision is yours. You can... Make that decision. You can say, you know what? I, I want to live the, my life in the way I want or I want to commit my life to Jesus. I promise you, when you do that, God restores your life to the fullness in Him. If that's you and you, you want to dedicate your life back to Him, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. All you have to do is just pray this prayer of faith. And really be sorry for that things you've done and commit yourself to life with Him. Not living this double life, living a life fully for Him. So if that's you, all you have to do is just pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. I open the door of my life and I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me an eternal life. Fill me with your Spirit, Lord. Take control over my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. 
In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, please see one of the leaders if you're in church. If you are online, please click the link in the comment section. That will take you to our website. Please fill in your details. And what we'll do, we'll contact you and help you with your next step. I want to thank you again for your time. I hand over back to the worship team.